Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. Now, this week, we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So, every week, we try to give you a phrase that came out of the Bible so that you know where things come from. And this week, I want to talk about the writing is on the wall. You know, you've, you've heard that before. You know, people say the writing is on the wall, and it means like something is bad about to happen, or there's no way for something to succeed. And that came from the King James Version Bible in Daniel chapter 5. And uh, it's verse 5, actually, and chapter 5, and it says, In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And that's where that saying comes from. The writing, the writing is on the wall. Only, you know, he was, I'm sure, very frightened when he did see that. Because that's a, I mean, I'm sure any of us would be. Right. Once the Lord says he engraves something or he writes it, it's like, it's sealed. But to just see a hand, a finger's writing. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's where that came from. And I want to do a couple of current events, and then I want to go back into our topic that we were talking about 
receiving the Holy Spirit and how do you know that you are really saved? So um, someone sent me this. It came from the Christian Post, and there's a California school district that defended its decision to approve an after-school Satan club. Hmm. And this program is affiliated with the Satanic Temple, and they're going to use local elementary schools' facilities. And um, so the school district defended their uh, decision after parents were all up in arms and making complaints. So the news of the club's approval to use the campus facilities drew the ire of local parents and grandparents who contend that the school district made a mistake. And um, so the school is Golden Hills Elementary School in Tehapachi, Tehapachapi, California. And they say that um, the uh, United School District uh, stated in a statement to the Christian Post that the district is prohibited by law from discriminating against groups wanting to use its facilities or distribute flyers based on viewpoint. It does not endorse any of the groups or content affiliated with the groups that host the after-school events, um, although they said that it's not an approved student club. So I don't know. You gotta watch what's going on in your schools. You don't know what's gonna happen. So you know the Satanic Temple is a non theistic organization that promotes social justice through satanic imagery. While the Reason Alliance is a nonprofit advocating for religious pluralism. Although the Satanic Temple contends that the club doesn't teach Satanism. Many parents believe the club is inappropriate. I mean, what's the purpose of it? If, if, I mean, how can you not glean some kind of teaching right. from an, a satanic... And next thing you know, it'll be witchcraft and Judaism and whatever, whatever, whatever. So it must be a public school. It has to be, yeah. 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 It says, kids make toys for shelter animals, work on science projects design cards to cheer up children in hospitals. I don't know. Well, I, I'm pretty sure there must be more than one school in the district. I don't know if my child will be going to that school. I, I'm thinking they're more concerned about getting sued because I imagine if they had prevented them from starting the club, even though it's not an approved and official club of the school, I'm pretty sure it would have resulted in a lawsuit. So they just took the easy way out. I guess so. That's the way of the world now. And then um, here's an article that somebody sent me. It came from the Christian Post. And then I've seen other articles on the Newsbreak app that I have on my phone. And it says that it no longer, uh, it is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, an expert says. It says that vaccinated people now are the majority of COVID-19 deaths. So a man refusing to get an injection of vaccine for COVID, um, for the first time, more than half of all Americans who died after contracting COVID-19 were vaccinated at least once. Um, 
So the newspaper cited an analysis of data in the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and it says it's a continuing of a troubling trend. We can no longer say this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Um, well, basically what they're saying is that the CDC didn't know what they were talking about when they talked about the vaccine. That's basically what's happening. The Lord has to bless so that the body itself builds up its own immunity. You know, so we have to stay, I guess, it, the only way I could think of it is, is we take care of the house, the clay that God has given us, and I pray that the Lord just strengthens our immune system. Mm, telling you. So here's another article came from the Christian Post, and it says that CDC data is showing an uptick in the use of abortion pills, and it's raising some concerns for pro-life advocates. Well, what do you think was going to happen? I mean, yeah. people want abortions. They're going to get it any way they can find it. And if, right, and, and it's easier. I mean, it's, it's easier to obtain. I don't know just about, I don't know as far as the risk, you know, people... Uh, having taken the pill and they're at home uh, by themselves while the baby is being, you know, killed within the womb and then they probably have to pass the baby like a, it's a miscarriage, you know. So I can only imagine what the mother is going through by aborting her own child. Well, it says that uh, women in their 20s accounted for more than half of abortions with underage girls younger than 15 under the age of consent and middle-aged women having the lowest number of abortions. Around 13% of women who had abortions this time frame were married. It's a shame before God. It's, and all that innocent blood, just don't know. I mean, just in a generation. You just destroy a child. You have no idea the contribution the child could have made. I mean, we have literally killed a nation. When you in the millions, we have literally wiped out a nation within the generations that we have slaughtered. And the blood, the innocent blood, just like Abel, just pollutes the land. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so last week. For the last several weeks, we were talking about salvation, about the Holy Spirit, how do you receive the Holy Spirit, and today I want to talk about, so last week we were talking about how do you receive the Holy Spirit, and it's more than just reading a scripture and saying out loud that, um, you know, the sinner's prayer. Right, because if if you... Say the sinner's prayer and you say it in faith, believing in your heart, there's going to be a conversion. See, just repeating something or just reciting something, that's not sufficient. When you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. And when we talk about believing, we talk about complete surrender to the Lord. There's going to be a conversion. It's nothing casual. It's I miraculous. Remember, I remember somebody told me, you know, well, was talking, and an example is how you just give over yourself to the Lord, and it's as if someone was holding a gun to your head, and you raise your hands up, and you're you're surrendering to that person who's holding a gun to your head. Mm -hmm. There's no 
doubt about it, that you give yourself over completely to the Lord. You don't question the Lord. You don't try and interject your observations or what you feel. You just completely give over to the Lord. You might not even, you don't know, because there's no might in it. You don't know what to expect. You just have to know that something miraculous, something is going to happen because God said so. And when he describes it, the Lord says you become converted. He said, I will rescue you. And you know, when a person is being rescued, that means they're in danger. And when they see help on the way and they become rescued, you know, the relief that they, that they have because they know that now they have been saved. You know, when people have been stranded and somebody comes and finds them, they are so grateful because somebody comes and saves them, rescues them. So the Lord said, I will rescue you. I like that. I like that. How, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, a comforting scripture. Right. But what I want to talk about is how do you know that you're really saved? And it's not so much that um, how do you know you're saved from the moment that you receive salvation? Because I know that some people speak in tongues. When they get saved, and even after they have been saved, and you know, some people... Um, uh, do the utterance in tongues the spirit of, of the Holy Spirit gives them utterance that's true and then some people even have a gift of tongues and um, and I know that you feel like a burden is lifted off of your shoulders mm-hmm. um, you feel different and you feel like you don't have to work so hard and everything is new but then after a while You're saying, how do you know you're yet saved? (coughs) Yet saved, I mean. um. Well, you know by the fruit. So so what the Lord said, first he said in Matthew, and it was like in the uh, seventh chapter, you will know a person whether or not the, even a child, he said, is known by their doings. So he, first he told them, beware of the false prophets. He said, because they come to you in sheep's clothing. And he said, but in, in, inwardly, inside they're ravening wolves. He said, and you should know them by their fruits. He said, so do men gather grapes or thorns or, uh, of, of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. He said, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings uh, not forth good fruit, the Lord said, is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by your fruits, by their fruits, ye shall know them. So your fruit is what you do, what you think, how you talk, how you walk. Your, your fruits are like, uh, um, uh, like in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. He told us these things, you know, that we have, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, meaning there is no condemnation. There is no death because then he lets you know the attributes of love. So, so you, you, you hold that standard. You tell the Lord, order my steps in your word. 
So uh, you don't have a desire to be the way you were before. You don't right. have a desire to cuss and swear. Right. Curse people out. Right. Even though the enemy's job is to come and, and, and to test and to try and get you to cuss and swear. Like one mother of the church said, I haven't forgotten how to cuss now. She said, and I haven't forgotten how to, what it is to take a drink. She said, but like you were saying, I don't have a desire to do it. Mm-hmm. And the enemy comes to test to see whether or not you hold fast to your testimony. You know, so when your love for God will bind you to him, your love and commitment, because when you love something, it's amazing. It's like a supernatural connection. Once you love something, you can endure it. And then you have a desire to, to read the Bible. You have a desire to pray more. It's because that relationship, that, that's how you get to know the Lord. You know, how do you develop that connection with God? You have to become spiritual. So you pray and you read his word. And so you, you let the Lord know, I want to abide in your word and your word abide in me. You want to hear what the Lord has to say. You want to, and because in order for you to follow after the Lord, he has to order your steps. And what does he order our steps in? He orders it in his word. So you, have, you want to become one with the Lord. And we don't become one in the flesh. We come, become one in the spirit. So when I was thinking about how do you know that you're really saved, I was thinking sometimes people are saved a long time. And um, things get to be every day. And maybe you're becoming complacent and you're not as on fire for the Lord as you used to be. Um, Can... I mean, by being complacent, can you... God will snap you out of it. You might be complacent, but if you truly want to be and stay safe, you won't stay complacent. God will make sure that you don't, because he said if you look warm, he will spew you out of his mouth. He said, and they that are Christ, for one thing, when you become complacent, you become more carnal. He says, so they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. He said, and, and with the affections and the lusts that go along with it, you, you end up crucifying it. So when the enemy tries to bring back not only old habits, but tries to introduce new sins, you know, you gird up the loins of your mind and you go and you pray because in the spirit we have authority over the enemy and the enemy comes to attack us spiritually. The battlefield is in our hearts and in our minds. So the enemy comes to try to attack us so that... We don't dedicate our heart to the Lord 100%. And the cares of this world begin to choke out what God is telling us. And the us. cares of the world could be just your old friends coming back. Anything that you, that you put before God, the cares of the world, and the, and the habits and the lusts and the affections that go along with it. So he's saying anything that will separate you from wanting to know the Lord, to wanting to, to uh, walk in his word and to walk up right before him and to... Uh, praise him and to consecrate so that you become uh, one so that he can show you and guide you when you start wanting to be with the world more so than you want to be with Christ then you know you have a problem you have to go back and tell the Lord you want him to renew your strength but what if you don't feel like you have a problem if you truly want to be saved you know I know someone who who saved and um, slowly they started taking advice from people
people that weren't saved mm -hmm. as opposed to those that are saved mm -hmm. and slowly um, feeling like they didn't really want to belong to the church or get involved in the church or, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure if, if they probably would, but if they truly want to be saved, God will warn them. God will give them chastisement. God will do whatever it takes to get the person's attention. Now, what they do after the Lord gets their attention, if their heart isn't committed towards the Lord, they, they might go back out into the world. But he said, because if we live in the spirit, see, that's the thing. We have to live in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. So, so it doesn't always mean that um, you speak in tongues. No, no. It's the fruit. Your fruit lets you know whether or not you are yet saved. Whether or not you love. Love is like, uh, it's like, Right there. It's like you just know because then God gives you the attributes of love and then he lets you know. Then you compare yourself to the word. You know whether or not God is the most important uh, person in your life. You know this. You know that God is first in your life and you know that you love him with all your heart. You know whether or not you love something and you know from, he said, uh, uh, remember the rock from which you're hewn. Or from whence you are fallen, like he told the, I believe, the Ephesians. He said, remember. Remember your first love. Because you can get caught up in duties. You can get caught up in rituals. So you can, but that's not love. Now, love isn't touchy. No. Or fretful or resentful. Right. You don't get irritated easily. Right. You know, you have more patience. It doesn't seek its own. Love is other-centered. And, and, and it's in the Lord, and you have to let the Lord order your steps. That's why we acknowledge him in all our ways, and he directs our path. Because left to ourselves, we will be in a dark place, I'm telling you. There's, and then the Lord, a person who truly wants to be saved, I guarantee you without any question, without any doubt, the Lord lets them know. And the Lord will chastise them so that they can yet be saved. Is it possible that you're saved, but the enemy comes and makes you feel like you're not saved? Try to, yes, of course. That's the enemy's job. That's why the Lord tells us to gird up the loins of our mind. So at that time, is it wrong to ask the Lord for a confirmation no, of you, salvation? or No, you can ask God. He said ask. You can ask God for a confirmation. But when you pray, when you pray in the Spirit, you'll know. Because when you start to pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost takes over. You know that you're saved. When you begin to surrender to the Lord, just like you did when you were first, but you shouldn't have to lay again the foundation of repentance, but you can pray and, and bear your soul to the Lord the same as you did when you first received salvation, and the Holy Ghost takes over. You know when you're saved, because when you go to God and you surrender and say, Lord, you know, I need you to strengthen me. Lord, I need more grace. When you begin to pray in the spirit, God begins to move. There's just no way that he won't move. You could be in the middle of Wisconsin Avenue, and you pray in the spirit, everybody going to see you shouting. <laughs> God will not deny himself. He will not give his glory to another. What if you never felt that? Never felt what? 
I mean, like you said, you're on Wisconsin Avenue, and and all of a sudden you start shouting. Well, I've never felt that as far as being on Wisconsin Avenue shouting, but I do know what it feels like to, in prayer to just completely surrender to the Lord. And there's no way that no one has who has actually been saved has not felt that. They know when God has rescued them and changed them and made them a brand new creature. So it's that same uh, mindset. It's that same, I circumcise the foreskin of my heart. My heart belongs to you and no one else. You know when you commit yourself. And, and the enemy can't stand it. Say, well, Lord, if you take me even right now, Lord, you know my heart that I love you, Lord. You know, a lot of people say the Lord knows my heart, and that's where they stop. I said, no, it has to go a little bit further than that. The Lord knows my heart, and he knows that I love him. And he knows that I want to be saved, and he knows that I trust him. All right, so um, next week I want to talk about, continue about talking about salvation, but what I want to know is can a person be saved through just a general revelation. You know, I mean, could you just... Um, you have to be I converted. I mean, there are a lot of people who come to, the, to a realization that they need to make a change. And so if it was possible to you know, save like yourself... You know, like in some countries, they don't have Bibles or they don't have preachers you, or... You know, is it possible for people to... Well, you want to hear the word some kind of way, whether, and if the Lord gives you the word, you're going to know that revelation is going to lead you to faith, and that faith is going to lead you to repentance. He's going to make sure you know him. If you want to know him, right. say, if you seek me, you're going to find me. Right. So when, when you are in the presence of God, and you truly want the truth, just like Cornelius, there's just no way. Well, we'll continue that discussion next week. Praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from 1 Timothy 4 and 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of, thy, of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and purity. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was the voice of whose blood cried out to the Lord. And the answer is Abel. And that answer can be found in Genesis chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And that reads, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I, bro am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. This week's food for thought is, when the angel told the shepherds that a savior was born in the city of David, what sign did the angels say they would find? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.